In 1 Samuel chapter 3, we see the call of Samuel and we need to understand that when God calls someone, it is not always a quick and fleeting call. So that means what I'm saying here is that it's not a call that stops right away. It's not a call that is temporary, but it's a call that usually persists for a long time. Okay, And this call might be missed by a person if he is not listening very well to the voice of God through the scriptures. Okay? So, if that person who is being called by God is not tuned into God at a precise moment, God will continue to uh, call on him or call on her to respond to God's call upon his life. And this is what happened to Samuel. God called him three times and then uh, Samuel found out that and discovered that this person who was calling upon him was not Eli but, but the Lord God himself. So we'll see that as we go through the passage. As I've said, the call of God would usually not go away. That's something we should look for regarding the will of God for our life. So the call of God will always persist. Just like uh, what happened uh, to me before I was called to be the pastor. Um, many years before that, um, I was called to be the Sunday school teacher in our church. And then so many people are telling me that you might become a pastor sometime soon. But I I just sometimes uh, don't uh, don't pay attention to those things because I believe in my heart that I'm just a Sunday school teacher. Okay, And then later on, when uh, our previous pastor left for the missions field, then I, I, now, I sense during that time that God is really leading me to lead this church. So I became the Sunday school teacher, I think, back in 2009 or 2010, and I became the pastor three years later. So that call did not go away right. It was persisting okay, uh, all throughout those two to three years. So the same with you. Whatever God is calling you to do, and if you're not doing it right now, God will continue to persist uh, talking to you until you bow down to Him and submit to His will. Okay, And He might, he might um, um, bring up some difficulties or trials or struggles or problems in your life because that will help you to draw closer to him and then when you start drawing closer to him then you can sense that still small voice that you need to hear so that you can follow the will of God okay so let's go to the call of Samuel uh, let's read first Samuel chapter 3 verses 1 to 4 so Samuel was the last judge remember judges were also called deliverers during the time of Israel. And deliverers or judges were also leaders of God's people during that time because during this time in the land of Canaan, they did not have any king yet. Okay, So this was the pre-king, pre-royal tree, pre-monarchial period, the judges or the deliverers. So in verse 1, the Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. So we can see here right in verse 1, before God called Samuel, he was already 
ministering. So he was busy doing the work of the Lord already. And if all throughout the Bible, most of the people that have been called by God are people who have been already busy working okay, for the Lord. And they might be busy in their church, in their ministry, but when God called them, they were ready and they were yielding right away. They submit to the will of God. But here in, in the case of Samuel, he was still a young child. He did not know much about the Lord, but he was serving the Lord uh, through Eli, the high priest. And during this time, it says the word was precious. So that means the word precious means rare. It's not, it's not special or it's not valuable, but the word of God was so rare during this time because Eli was a corrupt priest and his children were also corrupt. They were um, taking bribes from people for the offering and they're, they are um, treating the sacrificial offerings in an unholy manner before God. So God did not like and was not pleased with what the children of Eli was doing. And Eli was not doing anything to discipline his children. So that's the problem. And because of that, the word of the, the Lord was not very common during those days. People were not able to listen and hear the voice of the Lord. Okay? So remember, during that time, they don't have the books of the Bible. They only have the word of mouth and also the voice of God talking to the priests and also to the prophets. So what happened in verses 2 to 4? It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. So Eli was already old here and he's starting to get blind here. And then verse 3, And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. So everything... All the lights were turned off. It's so dark inside the temple, okay, um, the temple of the Lord. And then the Lord started calling Samuel, verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. Remember at this point in time, Samuel did not know that it was the Lord. He thought it was Eli, okay? We'll see that later on. So what do we learn in this a bit of scriptures in verse 1 to 4. We should not assume that God is not working just because we live in the dark times. Even though the word of the Lord was precious, was not very, uh, was very rare during this time, and He's not speaking to His people because of the sin, especially in the leadership, it doesn't mean that God is no longer working. Especially nowadays, we know that we live in a very dangerous, perilous, or dark times. It's not the dark times because just the absence of light, but because the absence of holiness, the absence of godliness in all areas, okay, in all nations, okay, from the leadership down to the common people, and even sometimes in some churches, there are dark times. And when there are dark times, we think that God is not really working, but we not understand that God is always working. He's always on the move. He may be in the background, but He is always here because He never leaves us or forsakes us. So, we must realize that. That even though we live in these times right now, God is still working and God is still calling people to join Him 
in His work for the kingdom. Okay? And that's why we see here in verse 4 that God called Samuel. Okay? Despite the dark times, God still called someone who will carry on His message to His people. Now in verses 5 to 9, we see that Samuel ran to Eli. Okay? And he said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And Eli said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. So at this point in time, Eli did not know, was unaware, who was this person calling Samuel. So probably he was thinking that Samuel was just hallucinating or probably dreaming of something. Okay. So in verse 6, the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son lie down again. So second time, you see here that the, the high priest Eli was not um, aware that this person talking to Samuel was the Lord. He was out of touch. He was not in tune with God. Because remember, his children who he was not disciplining were also committing a great sin before the Lord. So he was so oblivious of the word of God. Now in verse 7, the Bible tells us, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So it's obvious that Samuel did not know the Lord and the word of the Lord was not revealed to him as a prophet. So it's so normal and natural for Samuel not to understand that this was not the Lord and not Sam, but not Eli, the high priest, right? So uh, that's understandable. But for Eli not to know this is really beyond our imagination. And then in verse 8, uh, verse 9, yeah, in verse 8, the Lord called Samuel again the third time, okay, so third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. It took Eli okay, three times okay, for Samuel to come to him in order to realize that this was the Lord. Finally, he got it that it was the Lord calling Samuel. So Eli said to Samuel, verse 9, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for the servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So the same thing with all of us. That statement that Eli said to Samuel, Speak, Lord, for the servant heareth, is very important. The Lord is always talking to us. We cannot say that God is always silent. God is never silent. We have the Word of God. We have Him always talking to us. But the problem is that we are the ones who are not listening. Why are we not listening? Because sometimes we are distracted by voices around us. We are distracted by circumstances in our life. We are distracted by our struggles, our problems. We lose our focus on the still small voice. Because remember, God does not shout at us. God will always speak to us in a still small voice. And when He speaks at a still small voice, what should we do? We should pause. We should stop. And we should not be distracted. We should tune out everything that will distract us from listening to the still small voice of the Lord. And then, so you see here, Samuel was able to realize that this was the Lord because 
he was he has that willingness to receive the word of God and he responded in obedience and that those are the two important requirements for the servants of the Lord the willingness to receive God's word and to obey the word of God and we cannot hear the word of God even if we try to study the word of God but we are distracted by social media we are distracted by our situations in life we are distracted by what's going on in the world then that will not work even if we study the word of God we can never understand his word if we are so much distracted right now there are so many distractions we have social media we have the internet we have computer we have all those things going around the inflation problem the fuel uh, price increase okay and in the united states there will there will be an election uh, five days from now less than five days from now so many things are going on and sometimes just like what uh, brother ronnie said a while ago what he learned from from the message that i gave last sunday we do not include god we do not include god in our life we neglect him we ignore him but we must remember god should be our priority our relationship with him our time with him should always be number one okay but for samuel he took the time to listen to the lord god so So the fourth time, later on, uh, from verses 10 until the end of the chapter, he said to the Lord, when he, God called him, Speak, Lord, for thy servant, he read. So the same with all of us. When God calls us, we need to tell us, tell God, Lord, please speak. I'm listening now. I'm going to tune out everything in my life, and I'm going to focus on hearing and listening to you and paying attention and obeying your will in my life. So now in verse 19-20, so at this point in time, Samuel knew that it was Lord who was calling him and God called him to be the prophet. And he told Samuel that Eli's sons will be destroyed very soon because of their um, sin before the Lord. And Eli will also die soon later after his children died but in verse 1920 uh, because of our uh, topic this uh, evening we see that Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let not none of his words fall to the ground and all Israel from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord so God's people who are called by him are blessed with his empowering presence In verse 19, Samuel grew because the Lord was with him. The same with all of us. We will not grow spiritually. There will be no progress in our spiritual life if we don't allow the Lord to guide us, to lead us into His truth. And if we don't obey His truth in our life. Okay. So in verse 19 says, He did let none of His words fall to the ground. So what does it mean by He did let none of his word fall to the ground. So every message that Samuel related or conveyed to God's people, they were listened to. People paid attention because they knew, just like in verse 20 it says, they knew that Samuel was a prophet of the Lord. He was not a prophet of the idols. He was not a prophet of anybody else. 
He was not a prophet of Eli, but he was a prophet of the Lord. And people in this world that we live in right now, if they know that the message that comes from us is really from the Bible, from the Scriptures, we'll know, they will know that we are telling the truth. And even though some people might ignore our message for the meantime, later on, God will help us to bear fruit because we are sincere, we are honest, we are um, passionate in sharing His good news. So the same with each one of us and the same with, all, with our church. We just have to be uh, true to the Word of God and just like what the famous saying says, we tell the truth and nothing but the truth and we teach the Bible and nothing but the Bible. We don't preach our opinions, we don't teach other people what is our perspective but we tell people that what we tell them is God's perspective from the word of God and when we do that God says I will always be with you just like the Lord was always with Samuel so this is the call of Samuel from the Lord so now let's go to chapter 7 okay chapter 7 so here we see this the ministry of uh, the prophet Samuel okay so at this point in time um, they had a problem they had an they had an enemy okay in the land of Canaan okay so let's pick up the story at uh, verse 1 first Samuel chapter 7 okay the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. So at this point in time, Eli was no longer the high priest because it was already Samuel and his son, okay? And his sons. So in verse 2, it came to pass while the ark abode in Kiriath-Jerim that the time was long, for it was 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Because at this point in time, the ark of the Lord was captured, okay? Was captured by the Philistines. And then Samuel wanted to bring it back to uh, Jerusalem. Okay, So verse 3, Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, and then put away the strange of gods, strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So, in essence, what, the, what Samuel was telling the people of Israel was to repent. Turn away from what you're doing. God had disciplined you because you have turned away from Him. You fell into idolatry. And you know, we thought that idolatry was only common in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. But idolatry is also very, very common nowadays. Although, idolatry takes different forms right now. And God says, I don't want you to serve other gods. I want you to serve me and me alone because I am your God and you belong to me. I am your God and you are my people. So repentance, as I said here, is not simply turning to the Lord. It means that we turn away from anything that draws us away from the devotion that God alone deserves. So let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. Here, 
the Apostle Paul was talking about the Thessalonian believers, how they turned away okay, from their idols to the Lord. Okay, so verse 9 says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned, okay, so this an example of repentance, how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So when we turn to, to the Lord, we need to turn away from something else. We turn our backs towards the past. We turn our backs towards the idolaters, the idolatry that we have, and then turn forward towards the Lord. So the same thing with the people of Israel in our passage. Samuel said, you need to turn away from your idols and then turn back to the Lord. Because as we all know, we cannot worship both the idols and God. God says, I am a jealous God. He deserves to be worshipped alone by His people. So that's the start of the ministry of Samuel, the ministry of repentance. And the same with all of us. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay? Paul tells us in um, 2 Corinthians 5 that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We need to tell people that they can go to the Lord and have a relationship with Him through the Lord Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection. Next, in, um, in verses 4 to 5, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 7, we see that holy lives and prayer are essential and divinely ordained means to spiritual victory. So, remember in verse 3, as Samuel told the people of Israel, God will deliver you from the Philistines, but there's one condition. You need to turn away from your idols and then turn towards the Lord. So in verse 4 to 5, the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. Okay? So you see here, they obeyed right away. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah and I will pray for you unto the Lord. So, when they turned away from their idols, they showed their godly life. And then Samuel prayed. And those two important things are essential in our spiritual victory. Okay? Prayer as well as holy lives. Okay? Because prayer is deep inside, that's within us, but holy lives is the expression, the holy life is the expression of our inner spiritual life and God uses both for us to attain into spiritual victory and in verse 10 look at verse 10 of 1 Samuel 7 as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel guess who fought for the people of Israel the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them that means defeated them and they were smitten before Israel they were destroyed before Israel God just thundered so you see God can make miracles sometimes we don't need to pick up a weapon to destroy the enemy he will do that for us but our our responsibility is to pray unto him and to live a holy life that is pleasing before him so 
these um, prayer and holy lives are very important and we can see that also in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, the armor of God. And then in verse 12, same chapter, what did they do after the victory? Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So right after the victory, what did they do? They did not say, Oh, we won. We're great people. We are conquerors. We are victorious over the Philistines. No. Samuel, their priest and their judge, and the prophet also, led them to thank the Lord by building a memorial stone. So thanksgiving for the victories God gives us should be a priority in our lives and even in our corporate worship. That's why when when I share the good news and I and I preach I sometimes uh, most of the time I always emphasize give thanks to the Lord, give credit to the Lord for all the victories in your life. You cannot own those victories because without the Lord's presence in your life, you will not have any kind of victory. Remember that. And even not only in our personal individual lives, but also in the church life, in our corporate worship. We need to always thank God. That's why when we have our Bible study here, especially on Wednesdays, I ask you what are some blessings that would you would like to thank God for? It may be a victory. It may be just probably a small blessing, but still a blessing that we need to thank God for. And in this case, the people of Israel had a great thanksgiving ceremony because God had given them victory. God fought for them. Remember, God will also fight for us as long as we continue to submit and to yield to His will in our life. So in, in conclusion, the passage that we have discussed in 1 Samuel 3 and 7 uh, invites us to keep our communication with God open. Okay? Uh, remember, Paul says, pray without ceasing. We need to have always an open prayer fellowship with the Lord God. Always be ready to listen to God. Because as I've said a while ago, God is always speaking to us. The problem lies with us. Because sometimes we tune out the voice of God. We don't want to listen to Him. But we must be always ready to incline our ears to God's still small voice. And maintain the spiritual priorities for our lives. And what are our spiritual priorities? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So, seek ye first. The word first there, not only number one, but means above all things, God's kingdom and God's righteousness should always be our number one priority. It's not our job, it's not our health, it's not our needs, but the kingdom of God should always be number one priority. It should always be the most important thing in our life. So, I pray and hope that will be the case for each one of us that we will continue to make God number one in our life and everything else will be second, third, or fourth, or even last. God should always be first because He deserves to be first in our life. 